Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 17. I'm Eric Berger. I'm joined as always by Ryan Sineski. Hello, sir. Hello there. And we have actually our first repeat guest who was also, if I'm not mistaken, our first guest on the yes. podcast, right? Yes. Dan it's, Balto it's is back. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, thanks for coming back. I know we've got some things to talk about and it's just always good to have you back on. So thanks for coming. Well, uh, in addition to that, we are also dabbling with a video version of the podcast for the first time ever. We're using a um, like ten-year-old Logitech webcam right now, which is pretty lit, and it shows. It will. We're, we're recording <laughs> at a balmy. What is this? It's sixty FPS right now. <whistles> wow, we're doing real well. So I'll try to get that out on YouTube and then drop the links I into could, the Facebook page as well. When so. we were testing, I could not get that above forty-two frames. Per I know, second. but it's it's sticking at sixty right now, and it's also using a third of my CPU. So wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it's pushing itself. It's pushing. Let's do beer. Yes, beer. We are drinking my favorite beer in the world. Why don't right you show now. the nice ladies and gentlemen what we're drinking? Once I pick up my koozie, I oh, just dropped. Well, maybe Dan can show the camera. Nope, then. I got it right here. <laughs> oh, yes, Dan, Dan. Dan, go for it. It is the Conchus Mango Kolsch. Um, we were mentioning the best summer beer. Yeah, this looks and really, really this good. This one, I promise you, is far and wide undefeated. All right. Well, That's let me turn up the gain one. on your mic a little. All right. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It is delicious. I'm also going to open mine, but my mic has a much more minimal gain. Oh, no. Oh, it's got some pressure. Under oh, no. pressure. All right. Whew. Time to form an opinion. Yes. <laughs> Do so. Mm, made with bits of real mango. Yeah, that's really good, isn't it? Not bad. It yeah. is. We should probably explain. It's not really apparent for especially the audio people, but even the video people. It's eighty-four degrees in yes, here. Yes, it is. And it's like a thousand percent humidity, and yep. it's getting hotter by the minute. So I, this that, is a very excellent beer. The dew point is about sixty degrees. So <laughs> we're actually broadcasting from Florida. This is not the Automotorplex yeah, in Tallahassee. This is yeah. We moved it. Yeah. No, we just yeah exactly. We just moved it real quick. Anyway. Yeah. So the beer is good. What do you? I, just, should we just go with good? It's like it's, it's a good drinkable honestly, hot weather beer. It's, it's the best summer beer. I, if you want more on it, you should try it. You absolutely should. Clown Shoes is one of the oldest. That's craft. the brewery? Yeah, Clown okay. Shoes. Where are they're, they based out of? Uh, Boston, actually. Okay. They're one of the oldest craft breweries in America. Dude, this um, is better the more I drink it. Yeah. The aftertaste just like it like compounds on itself. Ooh. It's really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I want. Uh, I think my, the main thing I want people to do is just, just drink it. Sure. Don't, don't listen to reviews on it. Just drink it and get one yourself because <laughs> you're gonna be happier for it. For sure. It's not like drinking an IPA or no, a God, no. This would, that would be a yourself. horrible, horrible beer to have today. So good yeah, choice. I think no, this, this is fabulous. Is like perfect beer. Anyway, so Balto, you're yes. back. Tell us. Um, <clears throat> let's. Well, let's since, start since, off. since we had him on. Yeah. Sorry since we had him on. Yeah. Um, street heat happened. Yes, we sir. talked about that a lot on the last podcast, so I want to kind of start. Let's start with a recap of that, and I know there's a couple of things you want to talk about specifically about that event, which I would you know like to talk about as well. Ryan actually went. Yes, I was an idiot and was out of town, so I didn't go. But I, I know some things about it. Scott took my electric Fiat into the autocross. He's sitting in the background. He's not joining us yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go over. I mean. What went exactly how you thought it would? What went not how you thought it would? What was better than you expected? What was worse? I mean, sum it up for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as what went right, I'd say uh, the weather first and foremost. Uh, weeks ahead of time, it was looking like uh, storms and 
at least they held off until the end of the day till sure. about 6 p.m. And then we basically had what looked like just uh, a windstorm roll through. So didn't even really have to clean up any of the trash because <laughs> it all just got pushed into one it's corner. It's just going to blow into Egan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It'll just go straight down the road. <laughs> it's, um, it's perfectly fine. But oh, yeah, blame. no, uh, autocross went really well. Uh, the car show went fantastic aside from people uh, converging in their parking lines because there was both the yellow parking lines for the parking lot and the white parking lines oh, for the uh, transit buses during the state <laughs> fair. So uh, okay. some people didn't know which to follow, and we ended up with some converging lines, which was quite entertaining, and a few people being blocked in. I see. Well, that sounds like it's a at least a surmountable issue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's also out of your control, so you didn't mess that up either. So right, it's good. Right. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's definitely easy to uh, to keep things that are in your control successful. Uh, it's fair. And with that, you know, the, uh, the low rider contest went well, the stunt bikes, uh, were really awesome. Um, How many different like categories were there in the show? Uh, probably about 10, I'd say. Okay. Hmm. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I, I saw a lot of photos and it seemed like everyone that was in the event that I knew about or knew was really happy with it. Except for a couple of noisy uh, drift people. Yes. Uh, so on that uh, note, uh, the biggest issue, obviously, was drifting getting canceled. Right. Uh, we got the word at about 10 a.m. or so. Okay. Um, and this was from the uh, president of the uh, Minnesota State Fair. And he sure. had received a call from, I guess, the uh, chief of police for St. Paul something along those lines. Pertaining to? Uh, they cited noise complaints. Now, on that note... What happened was okay. there was a practice session for the drifters at about 6.30 a.m. That's really early. There, yes. there are houses fairly near to the fairground, Yes, right? and this was approved by the State Fair and reviewed. So, um, now, so the State Fair can't drop the ball. Yes, and on top it of this... It's like a horrible time of the day to do that. Agreed. Who, yeah, what, that, that's... Just drift cars aren't them, exactly yeah. quiet for the most part. Furthermore, why would a, drift, a drifter ever want to be at a show at 6.30 in the morning? And they <laughs> have the show get canceled and they have to be at the oh, show. Oh, uh, they that's were getting <laughs> uh, practice running. But I mean, like, still, like, 6.30 is a little ridiculous. Because, I mean, it, I think it'd be kind of cool to hear, like, drift practice while people are, like, walking into right. the show. Yep. That'd be kind of cool. That's like trying to get Ryan here before 11 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't happen, It doesn't no. happen. Mm. Hey, uh, an interesting thing to note here is we were actually able to pull phone records and only four noise complaints were made. Only four? The entire At day. 6.30 in the morning. So, wow. Oh, yeah. the whole day? Yes. Wow. And there, were they mostly during that beginning session? Two. So, two in the morning and two later on in the day. Yes. I'm wondering if it was actually... Do you know if it's it was... It's probably piss jugs. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably him. <laughs> or it's probably those people doing the whole horse show thing. Uh, we uh, we looked into that, and I can neither confirm nor deny. Currently. So it was him, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, one thing I would like assholes. to say for the drifters to correct a statement you made uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, the drifters actually got free entry and were sponsored okay. by our uh, sponsor, Samaritan Tire. So, oh, okay. Uh, I, did, I did not know that. The I exchange just... there is they all got free sets of tires. Oh my god! So th- and they were still complaining. Man, I should have registered uh, not to so drift. Much. Only only a couple of them. Overall, no worries drifting. Can and I get the a free set of tires? Were fantastic. Oh, I mean, are, are we do, are we doing next year? I got a crest that I can bring out. Uh, I, I was going to say. Very well. Ryan, wanna, wants, uh, Ryan wants Sumitomo. Sumitomo. It, no, it, uh, it, these are cost me damned. <laughs> <laughs> I want to import some uh, Advan HF oh type Delta or er, type Ds. Yeah, those okay. ones. <laughs> 
I'm not even going to touch on this, but the episode <laughs> we did where we touched on Cosby Damned and Budget Tires, they were the same tire for you. So yes, it was. Something it's has true. Changed. Yeah. No, but anyway, no. sorry. I, I said that that was the one tire in the world that I actually spent money on was that Yokohama Advan, the old school one. So we should have done compound. a third section that was if you were sponsored by a tire company, what tire would you run? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, so. In which it would be that tire. Yeah. So that's super nice that that was comped because, I mean, what Ryan was talking about on that episode, too, is like there was another drift event that day in Brainerd. Yes, that was, uh. Oh, crap. I don't even remember what it was. Doesn't called. matter what it was. It was, was. the whole weekend. It was worse. Anyway. Yeah. It's worse than the Street Heat one. We know that for sure. Okay. Um, but it's, it's super nice that they were at least comped. I mean. Yeah, free tires. Tires. I mean, that's basically, huge. it's $400 you gave them. You give every single one of those drifters $400, they can. Yeah, They'll, and they should calm down. They probably weren't burning off brand new name brand tires themselves no, oh, either. I so. can guarantee you that every one of those drifters, because most drifters I know in Minnesota, they run like some garbage tires that got off Craigslist for like 50 <laughs> bucks for a set of 20. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. They well, go peruse the used tire section at Discount Tire. By that, I mean the tires are next to the dumpster in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, honestly, I can't say enough good things about Samaritan Tire, though. It's uh, definitely where you want to go if you have a lowered car to get in alignment. And, uh, yeah, they have an in-ground rack, don't they? Yes. Yeah. and Which, I, which Samaritan? Uh, either location. Uh, okay. They Save have their old location in, yeah, Minnetonka, but their new location in Edina is top-notch. They yeah. even have this beautiful tire-mounting machine that looks like it only it, I used to work in that. I used to work in that shop. No kidding? Yeah. It was that's back in the day when it was uh, Honest One, and uh, went out of business because it cranked property taxes through the roof. So the Dino One probably won't be long, around too long. Burger <laughs> is uh, now eating one of the Krispy Kremes I brought back from uh, Week Fest Allegedly. 2018 Allegedly. in Chicago. How how was that? Actually, uh, I wanted to go to that, but I'm planning a trip to Concours, so I'd rather go to that. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was a great show for someone like me to actually leave Minnesota and check out other car events. Uh, it was fantastic. I spent uh, last Saturday in Wisconsin at the Dells for Automotion, and then uh, Sunday morning we rolled out to uh, Week Fest in Chicago at the Navy Pier. And uh, both oh, it's at Navy Pier now. Yeah, uh, oh, that's nice. where they held it this year. Anyway, definitely. It was at McCormick Place a couple years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah no, fantastic venue. Uh, it was cold as balls, frankly, though. Uh, it was. I don't know what just happened to Ryan. Something bad. <laughs> On camera. Perfect. Okay. All right. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, I highly suggest you find the video one. God damn. And you go to 10 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> like I, I inhaled it, and it just all went wrong. And then I started laughing because I'm like, oh, I'm a, co- I'm a cough everywhere. And then I just poor Dan's just trying to tell us about his car <laughs> adventures, and Ryan has to go die. God damn it! <laughs> it's okay. Eric. Why That's do I interrupt all of our guests? That's what it's I'm just used in to your Eric. nature. That's why you're here. All right. Anyway, continue on, Dan. <laughs> yes, uh, both were fantastic <laughs> events. At Automotion, I attended uh, Battle of the Imports. So honestly, it was probably the most similar show to Week Fest. Uh, the day later, mm-hmm. um, you know, both had about. 300 cars i'd say maybe a little less uh Dang. all extremely uh you know well well built well modded um extremely clean some of the engine bays were so clean you could I, i'd eat off them and i'm a you know pretty big germaphobe all things damn considered. dude it so, sounds like you respect all builds so this is my question here i have and um, I, I did not want to surprise you with the, or i did not i did not want to put this on the um I didn't want to put this on the schedule because I, I wanted to kind of surprise you with it. Mm-hmm. But how? Because I know Chicago builds, Frank. Just to be frank, there's an abundance of builds that would equal the single 
best car in Minnesota. Why do you think there's such a higher quality of builds in Chicago? That's debatable. Yeah, so I'll I'll start this, I guess, with the reason why I think that uh, there are a higher number of... I guess, uh, yeah, higher number. Yeah, higher number of quality builds builds. is all down to population statistics, right? They Mm -hmm. have a population, let's say, even within, like... Oh, it looks like we got an RC car going around somewhere. That uh, that that Cor- old GM or something. That that C3 Corvette was struggling. Oh, oh man. Oh jeez. Uh, but yeah. So uh, you know, Chicago and the surrounding you know area has a population probably what like four or five times the size of Minnesota. Yeah, that's about the right. City yeah, area. The, of the Twin City area. Yeah. So I think it would be something to assume as well that they would have, you know, five times the number of quality builds there. Yeah. They also have a massive port. Yes. Which has, which I mean, it's not that big of a deal for shipping, but for just having the availability of like imported cars and stuff, like just you have a higher number of Skylines. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, and even like Peugeot, like you see, they you, also have a much higher number of shitty builds too because of the population. Though. Well, that's true, but I mean, like well, that's going to happen. If, we go, if it, we go per capita, I bet it's very similar. It's yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's similar to Los Angeles as well because we drive around <laughs> Los Angeles, Gross. like. Four fifths of the cars are garbage, but no, every, they were all burned in that forest fire. But every single, uh, every single time you see a car show, like set of photos from Los Angeles, I promise you that is the top point zero zero one percent of the city because there's still garbage builds everywhere. So garbage. I think a lot of people give Minnesota a bad like a bad rap about garbage builds, mm-hmm. but really it's just we have the same number as everybody else per capita. It's just that. You don't see that in other states, and a lot of people that complain, I think, don't leave here. Yeah, so. you know, here's some perspective. Each show had probably about 30 or maybe 40 awards. Yeah. Minnesotan owners, uh, including the TYC Photography and Christmas Racing Team, they took home a grand total of, uh, I think, four or five per That's show. huge. That's huge. It's 10%. That's huge. So that that's a, that's something to be proud of. I think everybody in Minnesota should be proud of themselves for that. I'm gonna pat us on the back, actually. Yeah, give yourself right pats on the bat uh, on the back, uh, Minnesota. And but you know, this was great. just uh, you know Benny Jones Evo 10, Adam Charles S2000, uh, Koi Christmases uh, R34 Skyline. Well, he was in Wisconsin, like, but I don't know. He he uh, his allegiance is to MNCC, that's so true. we <laughs> know where things are. He, at. Do, he does rep MNCC <laughs> more than MN or WCEC. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, How dare you say that name on the podcast? And seeing some <laughs> don't do Wisconsin <laughs> topics here. And uh, you know there are a few embarrassing things I'd probably admit for both shows. Uh, at uh, Weekfest, there was a more or less stock Nissan Sentra in the show with oh, powder coated nice. wheels. Built. I do believe it was a vendor Sick. car, but Built. most of the vendor, actually all of the vendor cars, Sick. were uh, parked offsite. Uh, otherwise. And then uh, Battle of the Imports, as an Evo guy myself, uh, I'd say there was probably 15 different uh, Evo 10s there specifically. How many of them were manuals? Uh, I think actually most of them were. Good. Good. And uh, this is where I think it's funny is that, at least in my opinion, I think my Evo would have done better placing than at least 10 of them. Probably. I mean, your car is in excellent condition, so... Yeah, I mean, it has the Minnesota rust on the underside, but, you know, yeah, exterior is but good. a lot of Evo 10s are really collapsed. You, you have a Mitsubishi product. That's fair. That's a product <laughs> where That's factory. They, they primer the engine bay. They don't put actual paint in the engine bay. 
So, and that's the type of primer that just promotes. So I, I think I, I think the fact that your Evo is doing as well as it does, you should be happy with yourself. Well, I think it's in great condition. Oh, and well, you drive it in winter. Much appreciated. Yeah, I uh, I'd love to start separating car shows by what are trailered, what are summered, and what are year-round drivers. And what are built and what are bought. Yeah, there you go. Except so, you know, I don't when you when you that. say built, you definitely you know bought the parts and you definitely yeah didn't, on eBay. You know, exactly right. Yeah, eBay too. So to is is any car really ever built? Yes, they are. Like technically, the if you're actually renting, built. if you're renting, if if you're taking wrenches and putting on parts that you got to turn your Honda Civic into something nice, yeah, that's built. If you buy a C6 Corvettes and then you just drive it to a car show and go, look how cool my car is. That's bought. But if a person with that C6, if they like, if they modify buy a Jugs catalog and they throw like a mild cam in it, does that turn into a built car then? They're building. Right. But like, I, I wonder, we should almost cover that as a topic, but like, where does the line start for built? Oh, there is a the line. It's, there, it's, a it's not black and white. It's a, it's a spectrum. I'm it's, on a spectrum. Yes, it is. It's like, it's not like saying, are you gay it's or a, not? It's it's how gay one. are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like my cat. Yeah, exactly. He's extremely. I think that's like the top of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to uh, late the night. I sure. want to talk about the upcoming show here in um, Minneapolis. We talked about it on the podcast when you were on last time, but now it's actually imminent. It's very close, and I know you can't say necessarily everything about it, but I mean, just give us the dates again, kind of what it's about, and then uh, any other details you think are pertinent. Yeah, we're uh, three months out from yesterday, nice. or actually three months out from today, I guess, if okay. you argue last Saturday of the month. Uh, what the event is actually going to... Uh, so it's the last Saturday of August? Yeah, okay. right before it's, the Mitsubishi cookout on that Sunday. It's MNCEC's time of the month. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so we're actually going to... Uh, the Light the Night... Or Sorry, we're actually going to have to rename it the Light Up the Night Show. Uh, Let turns, me change it in the notes. Why? Yeah, it turns out the uh, American Cancer Society hosts an event called Light Up the... <sighs> Uh, the night and uh, the city of Minneapolis said we should probably change it. So. Oh my god! Damn it's cancer it's trying like to when take Easter away from MNCEC. It's like an MA performance had to change booster boobies to boost for a cure. cure. No, whatever. It's booster boobies forever. Excellent. Yeah, it's I'm glad boobies. we'll have that following at least. Uh, but the cool thing here is we're actually going to have it precluded by uh, the sixth annual Paul Walker cruise now. And right. uh, the game plan is we'll cruise from most likely one of the Automotorplex locations. Uh, finally hit up, like, what is it, Highway 12 that feeds into 394? Yeah. And then yep. uh, I'm currently working with uh, the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office to actually get some sort of an escort uh, all the way into downtown there. Oh, wait, last weekend of August? Yeah. Damn it. We're going to be in uh, California for uh, Car Week. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm but everybody else should go. If you're not going to Concours d'Elegance in Carmel, Cal- or in Pebble Beach... Absolutely, go to light the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, actually really bummed. It's the first time I miss. I'm actually going to be at uh, Pebble Beach oh, as well. Uh, someone else is going to have to run Ooh. this event, I guess. <laughs> so who's actually going to be there? Good question. I think all of Minnesota is going to Pebble Beach. <laughs> Everybody, there's going to be like three people there, and like a dad that didn't get the memo. I just, he doesn't have a Facebook. <laughs> I just went here in my Google Calendar, <laughs> and apparently, before Euroworks was disbanded, they scheduled a show date because it's in my calendar. <laughs> Or Saturday, the twenty fifth of August. That's hilarious. That's that's embarrassing and sad. That's probably why. That's probably why uh, Chris uh, canceled it. He just wanted to go to Pebble Beach. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I see Monterey Car Week in here. So yeah, so we're, we're I'm definitely do my darndest. Yeah, yeah, we're doing Car Week for sure. But yeah, the uh, the late the night show. Uh, light up the night. Sorry, thank you. You're Even light I'm, up the night. I'm definitely <laughs> subject to my own issues. Uh, we'll be on 
uh, Nicollet Mall in downtown Minneapolis. So I sure hope so. That's going to be cool. That's so. going to actually be really cool. It's a Nicollet Mall, not yeah. the not the parking lot. Because the parking lot's cool. Uh, that's even bumps but me out Nicollet more. Mall at night is freaking gorgeous. You know, if like for by some odd event that I can't go to Car Week, I'm glad that I've got something else I can go to and be depressed along other depressed car people. Oh yeah, God. there you go. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be using the streets from uh, Washington all the way to uh, 12th Street, which is right where Brits is. Oh, perfect. What, oh, I love so their sketch egg. You're going to oh, like all of their oh, food. Their, I don't even care even about their the curry rest of it. is yummy. Yeah, but I, um, so I imagine there's probably British cars in front of there because if you don't, I'd be pissed. Yeah, we're, uh, we're working with a few local British clubs. And, oh, which uh, ones? Uh, mostly going through Intermark, but okay. it's looking like we'll work with uh, the Morgan guys, uh, Austin Healy. Um, I personally, I'm curious if I should park a few McLarens over there. No. Technically, no, keep them with the no. exotics. Find a couple of Rolls Royces. No, I would say just British roadsters. If you can find like a BL Princess or something, that oh, sounds no, about right. No, 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 uh, no, no. no what? Um, you bought a piece of cheese. The one car I request is there on my behalf is I want a Mark One Frog Eyes uh, Austin Healy Sprite. You uh, you find me an owner who wants to show up, and I'll give him free entry. I'm sure there's got to be one in, in, in Intermark. There has to be at least one. I hope so. These yeah. cars always exist here. We just have to find the people. There's a crepe restaurant on Nicolette Mall. You can put some Citron there. Where is it? It's over on Nicolette Mall. It's just north of... Um, it's like two blocks north of Brits. Is, is the restaurant huh. called What a Load of Crepe? No, it's called La Belle Crepe. Oh, Points to uh, House Gryffindor. I know, right? <laughs> but oh, what was the Harry Potter house that we were coming up with the other day that was like a car term? I can't remember. Oh, shoot. We'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. It'll come to us after we're done with the podcast. But if you do that, um, we know a guy that has a few Citrons. Citron? Yeah. Yeah, Michael. And he, yeah, Michael. He, he'd probably be able to have like a showing always. All you have to do French. is bring your NPR news mug and he will show. Yes. Jana has one. It's massive. It's like massive. a gallon. Oh, MSCC shirt. Represent. Hey, look at that MNCC shirt. Yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right. Awesome. So that was off topic. All right. Um, <laughs> and what else is off topic? Tesla. Yes, Tesla. <laughs> so uh, have you seen the video of Tesla trying to roll the Model X? For yeah. The- oh, you mean the Model X being hurled sideways on a track into and a giant sand basin <laughs> trying to ends, flip it over? And it ends upright. <laughs> Like it goes, so um, if anybody hasn't seen the video, I think we, want you to pull yep, the video up, you might yep. be able to see it. This poor but laptop's going to be working so hard. Basically, the long and short of it is Tesla tried to flip over a Model X by like hurling it like sideways into a giant sand pit halfway up the wheel. Oh, yeah. And it like skidded like up, defied gravity, skidded up into the sand and then landed on its wheels. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that uh, video that keeps going viral of that boat that can't capsize. Yeah, exactly. It's like that one. Yeah, it's just like that. It's you would think that's like tethered to the ground. If the SCCA ever tried to borrow the 500E from Autocross, just show them that video. Like it's basically a Model X. Oh, that is definitely not it. That's the ludicrous launch mode. I can't stop. Oh it. God! It is. I your can't computer stop. is no, crippled. No. We're not doing this again. Well, it's it's <laughs> streaming. Oh, my God. Keep talking about your things. It's I'll this one right this. here. Yeah, it's yeah, this yeah, video okay. right here. All right, good. But, yeah, watch this video. Dan, I don't think you've seen it. Oh, no, I've seen it probably for five, ten minutes straight <laughs> at this point. <laughs> they just launch it into the sand pit, and it just, like, 
takes like a Even champ. the one time it goes onto its side, it still self-rights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it goes over <laughs> 90 degrees yep. and then ends up on its... It's amazing. It was an obtuse angle and it still recovered. <laughs> exactly. 1.48M views, whatever that means. Million. It was, yeah, yeah it was like... Um, that looks like it was probably like about 110 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to being wow. even. <laughs> I'm glad you can at least see this on the video. I, I gr- <laughs> it's, it's like it, yeah it's like what, what was that peanut gallery clowns you can punch them and then they keep coming oh back the, oh yeah yeah the whole uh the, yeah like in the right in the rugrats or the, the the punching clown like bozo or whatever it is yeah yeah okay have uh have either of you had chance to drive a model x before i've, I've not, driven an s but not i've an x. been in an s i've not driven either oh excellent so i've had chance or to drive an xs and a model three from uh have you driven Tim the Pro's. roadster and, uh, well, no, unfortunately not. That's mm. one on my bucket list, including the new Roadster that we'll hopefully see by 2020. Uh, but uh, I can tell you, by comparison, the Model X is basically an extremely quick Abrams tank. <laughs> that sounds I like the windshield. Right. I do. Oh, yeah, but you get uh, all the views. That thing just looks so awkwardly proportioned. I could it's never a crossover. It's a logic crossover. I like the, I like yeah. the, the like, galling doors. Sure, it looks good with those wheels, but it's... Um, I, yeah. I can't. I can't like it. I can appreciate it, but I can't yeah. like it. I, yeah. like, I like the powertrain in it. But. Yeah, my my main issue after driving is just realizing how freaking heavy the car really is, but it still handles better than my Eclipse. So the, I'll give it credit. That car. It reminds me of the Z thirty two three hundred ZX. I appreciate it. I really like it for what it is, but I personally, it just doesn't connect with me. Yeah, no, I get that. And to whoever's in about the Z thirty two. Yeah, more power to you. I just, I, I, it's just not a car for me. Yeah. So, you, uh, I just look at your face, Ryan, and I see a Z31. Yeah, like, you're, you're right. Like right now, I it's really just a, it's a Z31 with like the grill moving for a mouth. So I, I mentioned um, last week. Mm-hmm. I think this was when you were interviewing Nick that my next car has a very high likelihood of being either a Supra. I hope it's a, a C4 Corvette. A C4 Corvette or a Cappuccino, but. The Z31 is also on that list. It's just, it, it could not ever be a 2 plus 2. It'd have to be the two-door. And the desirable Z31 two-seaters are expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Z4s are not. You, you can get, like, a normal Z31 two-seater turbo with the wrong color and a digital dashboard, which I would require. Um, <laughs> of course. You, you can get one of those for about, like, five grand in like reasonable condition. But what I would want is the 25th anniversary, uh, the... Why, the one with the over fenders in the rear, the two tone paint. Yeah. Like, I would need that particular. I one. agree. I think if you're gonna do it, and you gotta it, do that. It would have to be the pre facelift because the post facelift looks atrocious. It looks like a. Um, it, it looks like a S13 in a fat suit. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm not a very odd way of putting it. But you're <laughs> not. Again, you're not wrong. I, yeah, yeah. It's that's how it looks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Tesla definitely did a good job with that. I think so too. Yes. So, anyway, burger. Yeah. Standalone engine management systems. Yes, on I did cars. want to talk about this. Mainly coming off the topic from Tesla. Like, right now, I mean, we kind of get. Standalone EMS has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like 30 plus years in a lot of capacities. You know, mid 1980s, they started adapting it when fuel injection became a thing and people yeah. started retrofitting cars. And they've gotten. You know, it was electronic fuel management. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's incredible how they progressed. I mean, now you could literally buy an out of the box thing that bolts onto a car with a pre-pinned wiring harness. AM infinity. You plug yeah. it in, yeah. 
It's got a couple of wide bands in it. The thing will, you know, you load your engine displacement, the number of cylinders, sometimes not even that. And it loads a tuning table and then it just starts tweaking it and makes it perfect right out of the box. Yep. And those aren't going to stop improving um, as direct injection continues to just proliferate. I'm sure these things are going to get better at controlling DI systems, which is hugely complicated. There's a lot of systems like uh, Fiat Chrysler's fire system, the multi-air, which uses uh, electrically controlled hydraulic actuators to move intake valves, hmm. which is something that currently no standalone can run, which is incredible. And then that we've is got actually really shocking. That like yeah, a, a Fiat 500 NA can't be controlled by the world's most expensive standalone. Basically, AM, <laughs> you have to set your game up. Like, know, what are right? you doing? And I mean, <laughs> I might be mistaken there. There might be some parameter you could tweak and like some pip output you could make to, if you knew what it was expecting. Motec, Caltech, what are you doing? Exactly, like, get your life together. Right, but like, I need to be able to tune my NA Fiat 500 with my ridiculous. But why I put this in here is because system. it's because <laughs> right. <laughs> My uh, my daily driver, the electric Fiat sitting down there. Um, I mean, that's got largely the same type of thing in it for the motor control yeah. as is an engine computer. Yet, it can't be cracked yet. But, like, when that is cracked, inevitably, like, are there going to be standalone companies that oh, make, like, yeah. plug-and-play standalone electric battery management computers and stuff like that? I'm sure there will be, but, like, you, you guys ask, think that's right? I you got to ask yourself if there's going to be demand for it. I think so. I mean, so my question is, yeah, well, well, let's just take a look back in time. Go back to about 1985, 86. Oh yeah. That's your butter zone right there, baby. Weber carburetors was, uh, building carburetors, but they saw that the future resided in, in, in fuel injection. Didn't Weber make a fuel injection system for a while? They did. Yes. And this is where I'm getting to. Oh, sorry. So Weber wanted to get into that and figure out something to do. Anyway, around this time, late eighties, you started to get like Hondas and stuff in the race scene. Mm. And this is where AEM comes from because A- AEM advanced engine management actually came from Weber. From Interesting. The, that was originally a Weber brand before huh. they broke off from Weber. That's incredible. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, yeah, A- AEM had that exact same situation. So I think what AEM eventually is going to do is AEM is going to make a knockoff like AMM, Advanced Motor Management, right. <laughs> or something, eventually. Right. Because there's going to be a demand for this. Because, yeah, right now, fuel injection, awesome. Really cool. You get cool noises. I have never met a single person who has actually been in a, like, a, a good electric car. Because I'm sure there's somebody that's been like a G-Wiz or something that sucks. <laughs> oh, but, man. <laughs> um, I've never seen somebody that's been in like a Fiat 500 electric or a Tesla Ludicrous mode and said that electric cars aren't cool. Right, no. yes. Nobody's that's, driven one I think of those that's and come be, away and be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be the like, future. Wow, that's amazing. So here's my thought here, though. So from normal, like, stock ECs right now, the issue is partially from a hardware component and partially from a coding component, right? I believe mostly coding. Mostly I mean, coding, yeah. And that's the same thing with engine management right now. Because, I mean, yeah. the computers in modern cars, like stock ones, with the exception of a couple of companies like Honda, are really elaborate. I mean, they are the most powerful engine computers sold yeah. anywhere. So, so that's so my I mean, question if you then. For an advanced motor management system, why not just, you know, if the coding protocols are already there for controlling the motors and you just have to adjust you know, the bounds and stuff. Right. What necessity is there for a new management system when you can just widen 
the current one. Well, the deal is you can't because oh, okay. they're encrypted. Well, no, but you can crack the encryption, and that's where you move you on. You might from. be able to, but unfortunately, how much it costs to crack the encryption on something like that might be more costly. It's like yeah, yeah. it's okay. like one company in South Africa yeah. that holds the encryption keys to these things, you know, and they are mammoth money. That's a perfect point. So I think it's just it's cheaper for a company to reverse engineer it and make a standalone. Yep. And in a case like mine, it's a Bosch motor control unit. So, like, legitimately, you can go and buy one of those Virgin from Bosch, probably with some sort of control software. And, you know, I bet you the pinouts, we've got a lot of the same wires coming in and out of them. Yeah, the one thing I'm realizing now is I actually have a buddy who has a shop in the North Metro that I will not name, who actually does this sort of work, uh, getting, you know, Teslas back on the road. Yeah, definitely basically. don't mention him. Not yeah. by name anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But no, you're right. The market's already there, and I've just been. Uh, blind and it's only going to get better. Uh, I, I, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was a, a recent survey that was probably based on bullshit. But it was like one in five surveyed American like buyers looking to buy a car in the next two years said they would seriously consider or they would purchase a battery electric vehicle, not feel a plug-in like, hybrid, but a battery electric vehicle. I feel like that. I feel like that's actually higher. I think it's. I think it's higher. I, I genuinely think there are a lot of people that would consider buying a battery electric vehicle. Well, given that half of the population in the United States lives over half, yeah, but over half of the population in the United States lives in an urbanized area, yeah. you frankly don't need an F-250 for that. No, not at all. Taking no. your pigs to market. Yeah, and no. I mean, the range keeps getting better on these things. The charge times are getting faster. The warranties are good. They're ludicrously fast. Oh, and it's Memorial so Day great. weekend right now, so <laughs> I'm sure you've all driven past a gas station and see the gas prices. You don't have to deal with, that with an electric car. Nope. I right honestly now. did not pay attention to a single gas price. Oh, it's ludicrous right now. Oil is lower than it's been in months, and gas is higher than it's been in months. I saw Tucker's post about and that I yesterday. And I am pissed. <laughs> I drove down here I just for a total of... Two dollars cents. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Like, Off-peak power, man. I <laughs> yeah. I um, it was maybe a little more than that, but you get my point. I had my fuel light come on on the way here. Oh no. Yeah. So that means I get to spend a lot of money. We'll just siphon some gas from my tank. It is I, extremely I hot you. in here. I, I actually think I'm gonna put in like a gallon of gas <laughs> just to make it through the weekend, and then at day after Memorial Day when prices go back down, I'll be like, yes, now I'm gonna fill up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really blame you. It's fine. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Huh. But yeah, no, I, I'm i really, really curious to see who the first company is that does it. I don't know if it'll be a split off like AMM from it, it, yeah, AM yeah, I, or I, if it'll be Megasquirt. AM is a separate company now. I think it, I think it would probably be Megasquirt. Um, I bet the homebrew community is going to get a hold of how these things operate. And it's not that complicated. I mean, it's it's battery management. So there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of inputs and outputs on those things. Yeah. But nothing is a complicated signal. I mean, it's a three phase AC motor. So, I mean, yeah, there's some hardware there, but nothing is that complicated no so it just takes somebody that knows a little bit about it to get it working and then once it has the capacity to actually make it like right. I, I once the hardware is there people will tweak it with software i don't have i don't have the hardware capability right that's my issue but if i do. had if i had a fiat 500 sitting in front of me i could get the software like that but right. i just don't have the ca- i don't have the financial capability to make the hardware and that's the only issue that's i think megasquirt will probably be the one so probably be some person like trig Right. Sitting with a Fiat 500 electric and a Mega Squirt system from like an old Mercedes, going, I'm gonna make this work. Pretty like, much, yeah. That's basically what's gonna be. Um, I mean, as long as you got something that can read three hall sensors and it can drive like 20 individual signals, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's probably existing EMS hardware out there that I could run guarantee an you. Motor. I can guarantee you right now, an AM Infinity can do that. Probably. 
I'm going uh, to assume this company already went under or something, but uh, already did some research while you guys were talking. HSR Motors out of uh, North Carolina. Hmm. Looks like uh, they already uh, developed something for the Tesla, got it to work, and then most of their stuff has gone dark. So perhaps that's okay. the future we are looking Maybe at. Maybe they were um, strong-armed by a certain automotive conglomerate. It's entirely possible. Bob Lutz? Personally? Driving like a W body? With no. A bat in it? With barbed wire on it? No. <laughs> I like the probably Lee Iacocca. Yeah. No, <laughs> Lee Iacocca is a great man. <laughs> Lee Iacocca is so much better than Bob Lutz. You spout bullshit, I'll spout it right back. No, that's not bullshit. All Lee right, let's move on man. from that. <laughs> um, this one is one I want to talk on, even though I'm pretty sure you're going to have most of the quote-unquote answers for me, but... The, uh, the American car landscape right now, most of what we buy standalone engine management for right now is the fourth gen small block, the Chevy, the LS. The LS, yeah. Yeah, but like I was watching some, I was on a YouTube tangent, just a dark, dirty one, not that bad. <laughs> but last week I was on like 1320, their YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. And there, there, the guy was down in Australia and like there were like two I'm LS glad, cars I'm there. I'm glad I showed you that Everything channel. was like, stro- it's recommendations now because you were using my Apple TV, you dick. <laughs> but it was like Stroker RBs, 2Js, rotaries. That's it. Yeah. They didn't use anything else. And the Barra. The, yeah. the, the uh, Ford Barra. XR4 motor. It's a great engine. engine. But like, yeah. I want to know, like geographically, I mean, the LS is really popular here, but it's not a cost-effective option almost anywhere else because they didn't sell 10 trillion Chevy pickups everywhere else. Yeah, that's true. You can't pick up a motor there for $300 with a warranty. Yeah, exactly. So, I just I have a couple of you know, regions here listed, like Japan, Australia, France, okay. Russia. So, like, what do you guys see as? Maybe you don't know. I don't know, but like, what do you see as the LS swap of other demographics of the world? Oh, such a great, great question. I would say, well, Japan they already have an LS swap. It's called the Honda B eighteen A slash B, which is from the LS Integra. But okay. uh, that, that's a, that's Irony. a Honda LS swap. Um, is that the LS VTEC? <laughs> yeah, so the LS VTEC. Okay. I'm sure. I didn't know that was a B series. Uh, yeah, okay. It's a B series. It's a the LS Integra. The huh. LS trim level had the non VTEC engine. Why did they think was H? Uh, because well, they they had a H23 and an F22 that were non VTEC. Okay. They could put an H22 VTEC cylinder head onto. I gotcha. Um, the valve covers. It must have been like an earlier B series valve cover that just looked different to me than. Yeah, probably. They the early B series valve covers look really weird. Uh, I know the head design has a lot to do with the valve cover. So I would say actually the two JZ I'd probably say is the LS of Japanese cars because that's it's a bulletproof engine you can make eight hundred horsepower on stock internals oh, yeah. on turbo. Yeah, even it's with proven, the VVTI motor, it's been proven to make eight hundred horsepowers. Eight hundred horsepowers. <laughs> eight hundred horsepower. Roll with it, man. Yeah. That's fine. Eight hundred horsepower on stock. Eight hundred horsepowers. How many have you made? But it's. Um, it's been proven to make that since, like, the mid-2000s. And it, the only reason, like, people just go up from there. Yeah. Um, and then oh, wh- even the, the, non, the non-turbo the non blocks are still good north of 6. I think the, the blocks themselves are, they're not the same, but they're very similar on the They 2J don't have the oil squirters. And right. They have uh, um, slightly different crankshaft, if I'm not mistaken. Right, or no, yeah. different rods. The rotating assembly is different? No, the, the rotating I think actually the crank is the same. I think it just has different rods and maybe different pistons and pistons. no oil squirters. Right. But I mean, yeah, you can make good boosted power on a 2J GE, not GTE even. So No, the normal Lexus GS300, yeah. whatever one. Yeah. Get a VVTi model and yep. as long as it's a manual to work, otherwise yep. you can get one that has non-functional VVTi. The uh the one issue with those is the uh the 2JZ GE cylinder head is completely different. Nothing bolts on the same. 
the intake you, and exhaust there, manifolds. There's so, there, you can, there are you can buy things, absolutely. There's plenty of aftermarket options. Saying, actually, I think they might bolt on. Fa- they don't. Uh, they don't? The, okay. fact, the, the factory manifolds for a 2J GTE will not bolt on to a GE. Okay. But, well, I mean, they, there are a lot of options. There are said. so many aftermarket Tons. options on that, I wouldn't even worry. Right. That, that should not even be a question. And that's a hell of a tangent. Anyway, so we've got... Japan, that's yeah. a Honda B18B, and uh, the, the 2J. The 2J. Australia, I, I kind of already covered this the one. Barra, we got the Barra. Which which is a three-liter. It's a four-liter. Stri- or it's a four-liter straight six. Wow. Yeah, the Falcon with, motor. Yeah, it's a four-liter straight six with a closed deck and yeah, it's a very, very good cylinder. The block, head. literally. like They they revised it to take the camshaft out of the bottom of the block when they went from OHV to yes. OHC, <laughs> and then they just put better and better cylinder heads on it for like 30 years. Interesting. But I mean, the, the 2J and the Barra are really heavy engines. Like, they're yes. ridiculously overbuilt iron blocks. So, that's why they take power so well. But, like, the Honda B series, those things are just flukes because they just take power in their light. <laughs> it does so, not make sense. What about the UK? <laughs> um, that's yeah. a tough one, actually. That, that is, is a tough one. Oh, I got it. Rover V8. We see those things in everything. Yeah, I guess they, they did sell, uh, sell a lot of them, as I say that. Yeah. Or, um, well, I mean, this is probably the, just the cheapest power-dense package you can buy there. That's yeah. kind of what it equates to. It's got to be. It's got to be. All right, what about Russia? Yeah, I got I'm nothing. sure it's like some weird Mercedes diesel or something or some it's, giant It's got to be. It's like a lot of 1500s don't make power. They just run forever. No, you, you can make power on those. Well, yeah, but they don't from the fact. It's not cheap to make power with a lot no, of No, but you, they, they're non-interference and they're over-square engines I got that are, have closed heads. Mercedes-Benz M103. Is Single that, overhead cam, six-cylinder gasser. No, I was I was thinking um, like the M117, the single array cam V8s with the. Those don't make that much power. Yeah, but I mean, if you take you've proven if you take off the CIS and you put on a normal fuel injection. Yeah, I mean they make power, but like people just people in Russia just screw blowers onto the. What's 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 the uh, straight six diesel from like the 300D? OM603. That one, yeah, because I've seen those in a lot of weird things. And they put them a, lo- the a lot. The 606 is the later 24 valve one. A lot of Galandwagens. Yeah, and so, I think you're right. I would, okay. I would we'll say it'd be that. How about we go with turbocharged Mercedes-Benz six-cylinder engines? Yes, sounds so, good. We got something Russia. Mercedes. Yeah, France. France? <laughs> I, I I honestly don't think they even have something because uh, it's very very hard to get any aftermarket engine swap done in France. Whatever can run on strong wine. Yeah, I basically. Is. All right. Well, it's good. It, well. I mean, just just go a bit more in depth. It, they literally like. They have some of the strictest vehicle modification laws in the world in France, and that's why you don't see. That's dumb. That's that's why you don't see many modified Although, French cars, and it's also why you see really awesome factory cars from France. Interesting. I'm, that's good. They're keeping my Renault Avant times in perfectly factory condition. Exactly. For when I import them. For when you years. import one. Exactly. I'm so stoked for that. You have no idea. <laughs> um, I will say Puerto Rico, uh, rotary. Because huh. it, it, that engine will fit in anything. Yeah. Every per, I'm not gonna say every Puerto Rican. And you, you can international like, ship a rotary for like twenty dollars because they're so small and light. They're so small, <laughs> and they're they're they are rather power dense. Uh, there's a good aftermarket for there's them. There's not really many good transmission options for the rotary. No, there though, are. Right? Oh, there, there are. are. Yeah, okay. the the um, I suppose there are. The, yeah, the popular ton- drag race motors. So. Well, not only that, you can put there are adapter plates for a power glide. There's adapter plates for. Huh. Uh, R156s. There's power. Huh. There's adapter plates for an AE101 transmission for a front-wheel drive can model. You get, can That's you get insane. an adapter plate for a Ford PowerShift? No, because it's a garbage CVT. Why would you ever want that? It's a CVT. Isn't it, isn't there CVT? I thought it was an automated. We've never actually looked this up, but I'm pretty sure it's an automated clutch manual. It doesn't. Auto- it doesn't matter because it's gonna break in five minutes. It's yeah, terrible. Uh, I think we should. <laughs> 
I think all transmission swaps, if you're going to convert from a manual to auto, if you're not doing a power glide, you have to convert it to a Ford power shift. No. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, all right. So I, speaking of Ford, I yep. do. I, 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 all right. Oh, we're going on Ford again, huh? Oh, sorry. Ford to me, everybody thinks I hate them, but the thing is I really want to love them. Let me love you. Yeah, I, heard, <laughs> I heard this two episodes ago. Yeah, sure. like you understood that. Yeah, oh, Dan, it's been on. It's like Mitsubishi. All right, oh, so the Coach Cross. Oh, wait, yeah, sorry, but it, like I want to love Ford, and I know the M and Ford enthusiast guys think I hate them, but I don't. I really do love <laughs> Ford. Um, and I, I, all their product right now is so good. Well, not in two years because when we don't, I didn't say in two yeah. years. I said right now. The Fiesta ST they stopped giving us. Top Gear reviewed it. Yeah. Yeah, road track, road and track reviewed it. Fucking great. Everyone reviewed it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Everybody wants it. It's the greatest thing ever. It's what made Ford sell the normal Fiesta in higher numbers because people go, "Oh, I could get a Fiesta ST, but I can't afford it, so I'm just gonna get a normal Fiesta." And the ST and it is looks awesome like too. ST. And even the normal Fiesta is great. That three but we're not getting it rad. because you know why we're not getting it. Ford hates America. No, why we're not That's getting why. it? Because idiot Americans are buying freaking crossovers. Yep. I, I really don't like Ford right now. I, uh, they do something where it's like, I want to love them. Like, they have these, like, peaks of, like, really good stuff. Like, the early 50s and then, like, the, like, late 80s and then today. And Ford was, like, a pyramid scheme hotel presentation that came true. <laughs> yeah. And then turns out two years later it was actually a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and then it comes true again and it's a pyramid scheme. You're actually right. And uh, I think that's a decent analogy. Look how good that car is. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing uh, looking. It's really amazing it driving. TV, it's a three door hatchback that we get. Uh, they even have a three cylinder one that drives amazingly. The S E, yeah, that yeah. that EcoBoost is super cool. That's that's a Fiesta ST for video people right there. Yes, right there. I kind of wish they were rear-wheel drive, but oh, in me Minnesota, too. I won't Who complain. cares? It's a, it's a hot hatch. It doesn't need to be rear-wheel drive. That's the one segment of car where front-wheel drive is perfectly acceptable, and you don't have to make any... The, it, like, I the, suppose so. The title of this review is New Ford Fiesta ST. Good enough to be an RS. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we don't get it because Ford hates America. <laughs> if it doesn't have all-wheel drive, it's not an RS. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy that Ford is... Old what? RSs were not all-wheel drive. Really? Huh. Yeah, the, even the in the early two thousands, they were front wheel drive. The only the current one is all wheel drive. Well, I, I'm smart very happy. Yeah, that I agree. Ford stock is terribly cheap, uh, and it should be because they're not a good company anymore. Let me go check their stock price real quick. Well, while you're but, doing that, yeah. I'm going to segue over from Ford's horrible power shift and the amazing Fiesta ST. Mainly the horrible power shift. Our yeah. Patreon topic from Scott this week is what's relatively, and this is underlined, the best car to get an, in, or sorry, best car to get intentionally as an automatic transmission currently sold today. What has the power glide in it? Nothing. Yeah, they haven't been around for a few decades, right? This is something. All right, so here. Hopefully, we, you guys have an answer. I got to think about this for a second. Before we can, we can. We do this. Okay. I'm saying Ford stock is like just terribly okay. cheap. It's yes. eleven dollars. Uh, it's currently eleven fifty. What was it a, a month share. ago? Um, it was about the same. It just never moves. But by comparison, GM is about forty dollars. Yeah, and Tesla really is like compare stocks that way though. But I mean, what's like, the market cap on both? Market cap on Ford is forty six point eight three billion, and GM is. 53 billion. Perfect. GM still makes cars, so I think we figured out yeah. the issue there. General Motors, fun fact, is better than Ford. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I All never right, thought so I would say that in my life. If you have to deliberately buy a vehicle with an automatic right now, can't say none, 
What would it be? Also, it has to be offered as a manual. <sighs> Are uh, DCTs included? Yes, that's an automatic. I would, I would want to say a Outback 36R. Okay. Not offered with a stick. Yeah, no Outback in America's, but they make a Canadian Outback four-cylinder with a stick, which... Mm. So you, you could say four-cylinder then. No, the four-cylinder is terrible. Yeah, automatic. so you can't do that. It has to be available in that powertrain configuration with auto and manual. Does it have to be new? Because there's uh, one... No, it doesn't. C4 Corvette. Because I don't care. You want a 700R4 instead of a I don't Tremec care. T5? I just don't even care at all. It's, it's, it's a stupid car that I w I'm buying exclusively to make V8 noises. I I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> you kind of are, though. It's a, no, I'm not buying it for that. Um, or another one, um, yeah, as I say, SVX, but you can't get that manual this either. This is a tough question. This is a very tough... Scott really burns us. Well, you, you actually did this. Yeah, Balto. I was going to say, I mean, if we're talking yeah. cars that aren't currently offered... You know what my answer is. Yeah, the Evo is 10. Is Evo exactly. 10? Okay. Because you did literally buy an automatic Evo 10, yeah. and it's fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm struggling really hard with this one. Yeah, I would say, you know what? I'm going to say Forrester. Okay, that's fine. Because I would, I would actually take, well, it'd be kind of a toss-up, a Forrester XT with automatic versus a manual non-turbo Forrester. Like, that'd be a reasonable car to drive. If I had to say a car that's currently being sold, though, I'd probably say just a new Camaro or something basic like that. No. It's one of the last cars that actually cares about the manual. I want yeah. something that's offered as a manual just because it's, like, compulsory to do so. So I think if I was going to pick something... Like a Chevy pickup? Yeah. Probably, it'd something probably be, like, like a Chevy Colorado or it'd be, like, a Kia Optima. Or something like that. So just a normal plebeian Something car. where, like, the manual's in there just because it's a rest-of-world option and they need it for cost-cutting. But, like, the auto is actually probably, like, a six- to eight-speed engineered unit that's been, you know, that's had all the R&D money thrown at it. And it's something I'm not going to enjoy driving anyway. The Ford F-150 isn't offered with manual anymore, not anymore. is it? No. No. I don't know, no. Although, is it not? Okay. Oh, no, I've got... Well, it's not a... I'm going to add this on top. It's not a car. The uh, Cummins Ram. Yeah. That, that's another that's one. offered with a stick. Well, actually, the odd max are terrible from what I've heard. They are, and the sticks are actually pretty good. So yeah. anyway, all right, that's a that's horrible a topic. Horrible question. Let's uh, Scott uh, sucking let's, let's, let's go on. To, let's go on to Nick's topic, and that is <laughs> plainly this is the only prompt: unsecured loads in vehicles. And I'm going to expand <laughs> that to also <laughs> on trailers. His story today was: I have a car battery in the passenger footwell of my footwell of my Z06, and I forgot about it until I took a corner very quickly. <laughs> so, and I'm guilty of this all the time. I've got like diffs and tires rolling around in the back of my Fiat, and like somebody comes and races me. I'm like, I'm not gonna lose, so I'm just gonna go and deal with the carnage of whatever flies around back there. I guess I do that too, yeah. So, like, just give an example of like one time you've had like damage in your vehicle just because you started hooning when there was something heavy rolling around in the back. Oh man. Uh I, uh, anytime I've ever carried an engine, I have a good story. On because that I, at that point, because I always try a lot of my cars are front wheel drive and they have the engine down, dude. Well, I don't, I don't, no, uh, that's way too much effort. These are kind of like clapped out cars, but most of my cars are front wheel drive and very heavily front biased weight. I'm like, right. I now have perfect 50, 50 weight distribution. Isn't it great? It's great. And I'll take a corner with an inch in the back of my car and be like, this actually handles better. It's like the, the gas <laughs> 500 whenever I had an engine in the back of that thing. I'm like, this thing handles I, way better. And then, then I pull the engine out of my Honda Fit and I notice there's a big hole right where the oil pan was. Oh. And <laughs> just dug right into where the spare tire well was. What about you, Bolto? the trunk. Oh, let's see. 
I recall it was probably three or four years ago I was uh, getting a set of uh, summer tires mounted to uh, another set of wheels I had for the Eclipse and in the Eclipse you can only fit uh, one wheel in the trunk, uh, two in the back seat and one uh-huh. in the passenger seat. Perfect. And uh, even though I had buckled that wheel in because you know you kind of figure hopefully nothing's going to go flying around I took a corner really hard and all of a sudden the wheel ends up like obscuring my vision basically and sitting on my lap that's problematic yeah all right so i do have one that's a secured load that went wrong okay that's fine uh back when i made 85 mr2 um i had a jack inside of it for whatever reason i think i had like a flat tire or something um on my other car i had like call a jack in my sports car anyway so the only way to fit the jack in the car is put the jack in wrap the jack like arm around my seatbelt and pull it really tight around the headrest Anyway, I had gone out to a bonfire that night, and I came back, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm just like bush. I just want to go to bed at this point. And so I'm like, I'm going to take this jack out of my car so I don't forget it in the morning. Unbuckle a seatbelt. Don't even think about it. Jack arm flies with full force into and through the windshield. <laughs> so that, that's my worst story and the worst thing is, is I, I secured down that jack arm so it wouldn't scratch the windshield and I just annihilated it irony I've got uh, <laughs> unsecured load and then I've also got uh, interior debris two brief stories I'll start with the unsecured load I bought a 1999 328i manual off of Craigslist that had been sideswiped really bad Yeah, and it had a spare diff in the trunk I drove it hard on the way home it tipped over at some point between Albert Lee and Medina, <laughs> and it was full of used gear oil. Oh. So all of, luckily this was a part out, because, oh dear God, that car <laughs> smelled like just burnt Indian rabies diarrhea for the rest of its life. It oh. was so bad. Like, all the carpets in the trunk were just, <laughs> oh. And, like, it started leaking into Gross. the interior. And then the piece of debris, I was driving the Black M3, which I no longer own. And a crushed 16.9-ounce water bottle was underneath my driver's seat. Perfect. And it somehow got to underneath my brake pedal. Solid. So I didn't have uh, anywhere near full brake travel, and this car had manual brakes. So I needed all of that, and uh, I very nearly hit somebody with it. So (laughs) that was that. That would be problematic. Yeah, that was not good. So, um, you know, I I just want to take a second. I want to go back back to the whole thing about Ford, because I've been kind of thinking about this. Okay. I think America might actually be the worst place to be a car enthusiast that's not into big bro trucks or, or like muscle cars. Maybe. I would say like Taiwan or something where they're just so horribly crippled by the regulations. But they have them. Though. Wait, how is France not on this list? Because the thing is, France is made up for that because people are, they love small cars there. But if you're a small car enthusiast oui, oui. like I am, like I love hot hatches. Hmm. And France is a great place because they make up for not being able to modify your car. By giving you amazing models like the Renault Twingo GT, which the is stuff like from the factory is interesting. Yeah, like the Renault Twingo GT is, for all intents and purposes, Mitsubishi. on paper, it's a hundred and ten horsepower Mitsubishi Mirage. Okay, fair. Like you have cool stuff there. Yeah. Like I would be, I'm more excited by a Twingo GT with a much better I, interior than I am about the Dodge Demon. Like that's way cooler to me because I'm good. I'm, I, I would have way more fun with the Twingo than I would with the Demon. Gotcha. Um, but no, in America, it's people see small cars as an austerity measure, and as such, a lot of American 
car manufacturer boards of executives, they don't look at the larger picture. True. No way. And they just see, oh, the Ford Fiesta is making up like 5% of all Fiesta sales. And we're going to get rid of it because it's not worth federalizing. Whereas some manufacturers, I'm going to use Subaru as an example because they're a great example. They go, oh, the WRX and the STI made the normal Impreza look so much cooler compared to its other competition, like the Lancer. Yeah. And that's why I, I see Subaru, they actually see the value of having a loss leader like a WRX. Whereas and in America, they, it's they so like hard to do that. on that car, too. It's true. But in America, to be a loss leader, it's you have to compete against the Corvette. That's right. the only loss leader car you have. You can't have a smaller loss leader like a Fiesta ST or, you know, a Twingo GT or something cool like that. Or like well, the Yaris GRMN, which was a 200 horsepower Toyota Yaris that's being made and sold in England right now. Hmm. Like, it's so cool. But we don't get that. I think that that... Well, it's the issue with a publicly traded company where you have a responsibility to shareholders. Well, even then, it's, you, you have, like, Toyota that does that. Right. But, but I, I mean, think, that's because yeah, they think, can make I, a good case yeah. for it, and they make just money hand over fist with everything else. Well, the GRMN, they don't make any money on. I want to talk about Toyota briefly. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, um, that's fine. Yeah. I saw a Scion IM on the road the other day. Yes. That is a Corolla hatch. That's a yes. 19 Corolla hatch. Yeah. That is the same car. You didn't know that? Okay, I didn't know that. All right, that's all. No, the Scion IM was the turned into the Corolla IM after the 2015 like dissolving of Scion. Scion went away, yeah. And then they use that to bring back the Corolla hatch. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw one. I'm like, that would be the cheapest way to get a Toyota Corolla hatch. Like, Yeah. So, it but really it, that good. does not have the great engine and transmission. Oh, it doesn't? Because that, that's only on the 2019. So is it a it, It's still good. It's a, it's a, I think it's a six-speed okay. still, what but it's got like it? the 1.8. It's basically... Oh, it's, oh, just it's a, got the old Matrix motor. Yeah. No, it's not, 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 not as easy. No, it's... No, a, I'm talking the 1.8 twin VVTi, the garbage one. The, the one that's in the uh, Scion TC. Like it's it's basically, is it? I'm not yeah. sure. Why don't we look that up? It's basically another Mitsubishi Eclipse. Front wheel drive, somewhat heavy, 2.4 liter. The San I am? Or the TC? TC. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. It's the TC that nobody cares about. Nobody ever did, nobody ever will. Because they invented that in the era where JDM was the coolest thing ever. It's 137 horsepower. It's definitely 1.8. Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a 1.8. Yeah, yeah it's the twin engine. VVTi out of the Matrix. By the way, I saw an IQ the other day pulled over by a state trooper on uh, oh, man. 100 Perfect. just north of 62 where they like to camp out. And what you want to bet that wasn't for speeding. Uh, you know, I hope it was. I really hoped it was. Me I, too. If I, I would if, just give the guy an award. <laughs> if I if I had a Scion IM, I absolutely would get at least one speeding ticket. I plan on getting a speeding ticket before I sell my van at some point for something. Excellent. I That's kinda, a great bucket Me too list. with the 500E. Like, I just I just want it. Like, I want to put that on my wall and say, look what car that is. Like, I'm it's never... Like, it's a minivan. I'm never <laughs> even going to get a serious speed ticket. Like, if I was doing foot-on-the-floor cruise control in a 55, like, maybe? You're like close to Maybe. it you're still within but like, like that's within the radar gun error of yeah like not exactly. being 30 over <laughs> burger's gonna see a cop or a state trooper just, just in the middle of gun it. it well no he's not gonna be able to gun oh, it guys. right then there he's gonna have to go back around and then like go for a top speed record he's gonna go for a top line. speed record in the fiat 500 and then pull over the m3 next to him yep like what? i've got red wheels <laughs> that happened to me once i was in mexico actually i was driving uh the the mazda 5 uh in a 50 mile per hour zone in Mexico. Yes. And, Mexico, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, Mexico, Minnesota. Right next to right, Buffalo, Minneapolis. Right, right off of 107 in Mexico. 
Um, but anyway, it's going like 75 and a 50. Wouldn't that be like Ciento and... Ciento and Cien? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that would be, be Ciento and Siete. I don't, yeah, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> We're horrible but people. Anyway, so I was going probably about 75 and a 50. And okay. there's a cop, Allegedly. There's a cop that's hiding up on the, the overpass above us. Sure. And I just... Like obviously, just blew the doors off this BMW that was in the slow line next to me in my minivan, and the co- I see the cop come down. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> and so the cop gets up behind the BMW and bowls him over. And I know for a fact that had to be for speeding because that BMW was not doing a damn thing. It was doing, driving perfectly normally. That cop just saw Mazda Five inside BMW and said, "This BMW looks like he's speeding." <laughs> Watch an M3. Show this guy. Who's Go boss. get him. <laughs> I'm buying an M3 next Wednesday. Oh, another one. 2001 Laguna Seca Blue. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. Nice. I, I pulled up the review, the car driver review on the IM just to confirm. The lazy 1.8 liter four cylinder under the hood generates 137 horsepower and 126 foot pounds of torque. That, you know, car and driver, secretly, they're really savage in the reviews. Like, they don't put, like, anything savage in there. Like, until it's, you it's actually read into it. Yeah. Quietly defaming. It's great. It, no, it's like when, if you read their review of the Eclipse Cross, which I highly recommend everybody does. Yeah. Um, it is hilarious. It looks like a Jeremy Clarkson review. Yeah, you mentioned <laughs> that one, uh, last week. Or was yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was yeah. great. Um, anyway, uh, hey, it's uh, pre-war time. Uh, so Donald Trump uh, wants to put a 25%. I'm glad we got the bell yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Donald Trump wants to put a 25% tariff on imported cars, right? Yep. Which is total bullshit. And everybody who drives an imported car and voted for Donald Trump, this is what you get. Well, um, keep in mind, a lot of the imported cars that people drive in this country are made here. Actually, a lot of these... And a lot of the domestic cars that people drive here are not here. Yeah, exactly. They're made in Canada or Mexico. Which, um... So actually, much irony. Come to think of it, I, yeah, I also definition. think... I, I think a lot of Isn't people... Isn't it an ironic? I th- don't I think, you think? I think a lot of people that drive imported cars like and Reggie vote for Hain. Donald Trump are kind of like Aaron and they didn't go to high day. school. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, the shots fired. <laughs> GED. Yeah, exactly. yeah he's, I bet he's got one. Was blown up ass RB. Oh anyway, so Donald Trump wants to put 25% tariff on imported cars... Vans and trucks already have that tariff. It's that it was called the chicken tax back in the day. Yep. That's that's why the Subaru Brat had jump seats in the back of it. And that's why we didn't get the Volkswagen. What was the pickup called? The Doka. Yeah. The like the Vanagon Dokas. Well, we got we got the split windows, but after the bay window went I'm in, talking like the recent one. I thought it started with R. Oh yeah, I, for, I can't remember that. Yeah. It's Rognac or something. No, it's a Amarok. Amarok. Yeah, yeah, Amarok. A great car. Or the um the Fiat Spada. Yeah, that's our cool truck. And the Renault Evan time. Renault Evan time, exactly. Even though that was technically a coupe. Um, Damn right, it's a coupe. Anyway, it's the only coupe I love. So, another thing with Donald Trump tr- being a man out of time, we actually did do this once, and we did it back prior to World War One. You're talking about the tariff. The tariff is twenty five percent tariff on oh. imported cars. We did that prior to World War One. But you're talking not on cars or vans and trucks. On cars, cars, cars. Oh. Um, yeah, in prior to World War One, there's an import tariff that was done because America is really protectionist. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, yeah it's a double because it's before World War. It's even pre World War Two. I'll admit double, that Ryan, double pre War. Ryan primed <laughs> me on this one before the podcast, and he gave himself a double blame. <laughs> but um, no, they had a 25 percent uh, tariff on imported cars, and what Fiat did, cause they wanted to sell at that point in time. They were upscale automaker in America. They was, still are. Yeah, they still are exactly. Uh, but America was actually a um, 
th- they were actually a very good market because sure. of the Gilded Age. And the only people that could afford a car were people with a lot of money. So what they did to get around the tariff was just build a factory in Poughkeepsie, um, wherever, I think Virginia or something. We're going to pull up your article here. Yeah, I, I actually read this off uh, Haggerty. It's a, they're an insurance company with an amazing blog. They do. They have some really good writers there. Yeah, it's a very well-written very blog. Everybody that works at Haggerty and listens to this, give yourself a pat, pat on the back. And then give us a call. do a great job. Yeah, I would also love to have you on the podcast. Um, anyway, that's one of the pre-war uh, Fiats, which looks completely indistinct from uh, uh, looks just like a 600, man. Car. Yeah, exactly. It looks like everything else. Anyway, um... Yeah, if you scroll down, you'll see actually exactly where the the factory was. But it's funny, like when they oh, built, I love old factory photos. But when they build the when they built the factory, even the factory had a um, like an Italian motif to it. Like it, it had like oh, I mean everything was on fire. Yeah, no, no. It, well, actually, wine I, bottles everywhere. Funny thing, it actually I think it actually did burn. Oh, of course, light it on did fire. everything in the turn of the century caught on fire. They but like they heated with down. like hot candle oil. Oh, this in this wooden structures. Anyway, they had a um, oh look at that they, typography. They had the um, oh my god. The the roof tiles that were curved and they had the stucco sides on it and it looked like an Italian villa that happened to build luxury cars. I love this typographic. Yeah, isn't that tight? Oh, yeah. See, pre pre war is your thing. See, that's it. It looks like it came from the. It, like, it, it looks like a Italian delicatessen. It looks like Cosetta's. It, it really looks does. modern. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, you would not think that was made in 1910. Seriously, that could have been made <laughs> in 2008. Exactly. Yeah. It's like so, Bauhaus. No, it really right ahead is, of yeah. its time. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, it is Poughkeepsie, New York. That's where it was. Okay. Um, so, yeah, no, they had that. They built cars. Uh, By spring 1910, a Mediterranean-style <laughs> factory sheathed in stucco and capped with terracotta-tiled roofs opened in Poughkeepsie. See what I mean? Like, it's actually very well written. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they built cars here until World War I. Um, they even made a special seven-seater touring model made when, just for America. When did the tariff go away? After World War One. Okay. Yeah, so Roller One really changed everything. Um, once that happened, interesting. It yeah, they there was a there was a fire at the factory and they couldn't afford to do any of that and they they just didn't want to continue doing that anymore. They I ended up selling up the factory. They ended up selling the factory to Duesenberg and they uh, built stuff there. Is Donald Trump on like the board for Ford Motor Company right now or something? Because <laughs> it seems like a lot of these really horrible decisions. Probably coming at about the same time. No, no, he hates Ford. Remember, he talks he talks trash about them all the time. No, oh. well, I still hate Donald Trump. Yeah, I hate Donald Trump. I hate Ford too. We're, we can bring up politics on this podcast because yeah. it's uh, our podcast. Uh, yeah, it's it's on my podcast. You don't like the politics? Sorry. Yep. I'm I'm a, I'm a person. With I'm not. Brain, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm amazed he hasn't made any cars yet. You would think, and it, you know what it would be? It, it would, would be totally so orange. It would be a totally Rolls no, Royce. No, it wouldn't. It, it would totally three hundred. It would be a Chevy Malibu. Points. <laughs> with some garbage leather seats in it, Trump and giant gold letters on it, and he would sell it for three times as much as you... Oh, I'm sorry. Very sorry. I was trying to prepare, and I did a fail. Anyway. Just ignore it. It, it would be like a Chevy Malibu with giant gold Trump badges. It would cost $60,000, and he would have some horrible subprime loan you could potentially get, so people would actually buy it. There'd be five people in trailer parks that buy it and be a failure like every other one of his ventures. Anyway, on Sorry. that bombshell, I'm, I'm a terrible person. I don't have anything for interesting engineering. I just saw some interesting engineering. Tell I me about some am covering finally an interesting engineering topic. Uh, last week, when we left you guys, I wanted to talk about uh, torsion differentials. This week, and I'm going to try to keep this as dry and quick as I can, just because it doesn't matter to most people. But 
on a, a limited slip differential. I'm not talking an open differential. I'm not talking a welded or a spool. I'm not talking about a locker. There are three basic types. There's a clutch type, which is by far the most common. Just yeah. uses friction discs to keep things from moving around. Makes sense. They work really well. They have good lockup. There's a viscous coupling, which uses hydraulic diaphragms, almost like a torque converter. And all, they always break. They, they they have a shelf life. Yeah, I they mean, do. They're yeah, and it depends. They're, they're really fluid picky, and they're sensitive to heat. And then we have torsen, which is what I've got right here. And I'm just going to kind of explain it while I play this video, which you probably can't see that well. But basically, inside of the differential unit, there is kind of three sets of worm and wheel gears. And those are things you guys have seen before where it's like a rotating worm okay, gear that yeah. spins a gear. And these things work on the principle that the worm can spin the gear, but the gear cannot spin the worm. Oh. So yeah, okay. it's, it's using like the friction of the gears basically to only allow these things to slip in the direction it wants to. So that's, it's really, really interesting how they work. So the, the ratio going in and the preset ratios going out are maintained always in a differential. I... I also like our Hungarian or whatever Romanian subtitles on this video. I didn't even notice that, but <laughs> the, these differentials are incredibly amazing in my mind. Um, they're not really all that common just because I think they're so expensive to... It is hob. Romanian, by the way. Great. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're really expensive to produce. Okay. Clutch diffs are really cheap to produce, so I think that's why you don't see them. Um, uh, fluid dis diffs are not popular on the track just because they overheat. Clutch diffs are really popular because they have good lockup, but like these... These are the best daily driven limited slip type as far as I'm concerned. So that's what I wanted to talk about. It's, I don't know who came up with these things originally, but I probably highly suggest. Torsen? <sighs> probably. Just <laughs> go on YouTube and type in Torsen limited slip differential. Pull up this video and I'll watch it all the way through. Is it? These are actually really interesting. This that's... is one of the few like 3D animations that really gets it through for me. So it, it explains that, but basically these operate on the principle of the the dir the direct ratio coming out of the differential has to be maintained in this thing, mm -hmm. and the slip wheel cannot put power. Or sorry, the traction wheel cannot put power to the slip wheel because that gear can't drive the worm gear. So that's basically all it amounts to. It's interesting. They're yeah, exactly. Interesting engineering. Absolutely. So these differentials, I probably should have had this playing for like the last fifteen minutes because you can see it really well in the video, but. Yeah, you can. That's it's super interesting. So I'll keep it moving here until we, we end. But we're we're at an hour and ten minutes anyway, so we can I, touch on whatever you guys want to touch on after my yeah, engineering here. But uh, God, I'm just I'm just blown away by how actually nerdy and interesting that is. I they're fabulous, man. Like I don't want to talk to the person that came up with this. Not no, absolutely bit, not. No, it's, it's it, a really really cool system. It'd be like Brian May without a personality. Oh, I'm sure. Man. Um, no, that's definitely. This is kind of leads me back. Throw the, those people in asylums. They, they would. I mean, totally. Because I, I totally understand why you would have uh, electric cars. You look at this and go, "This right. is ridiculous." And then Ferdinand Porsche is just like, "Why don't we just put an electric motor on and just have a little tiny gas engine that charges the battery for the electric motor?" And I, Genius. And then it won every war, or not every war, every, won every every race, and also uh, was used in the. Uh, I think it was the. Italians used it in World War One. Uh, it's also <laughs> it's also kind of the principle on which pretty much every commercially viable train has been powered yeah. for like the last century. And you can thank Ferdinand Porsche for that because he actually know. came up with that when he was like 19 years it's old. Like a Chevy Bolt. Ferdinand Porsche also um, is awesome. No, he's super interesting because he also 
did uh, he electrified his barn when he was like 14 years old, and his dad didn't believe in electricity and burnt everything. Hmm. Like he tore all the electrical stuff out, lit on fire, and then like beat the shit out of Vernon. Oh, yeah. His dad was a luddite, apparently. Oh, like me? Yeah. Well, no, like me. Oh. You're not. I'm a luddite. You don't like pre-war. That's true. Exactly. I'm a curmudgeon. You also you also have you're an early adopter. I'm you're not a luddite at all. You were the worst example of a luddite. Whatever. You're a luddite in the same way he is. There. Dan's a luddite. Yeah. No, Dan's not a luddite in oh, any way. He's okay. literally an app developer. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's true. I can tell by your computer that you're an app developer. Dan, did you have anything you wanted or any submissions you'd want to do for interesting engineering in the future? Uh, I will. You will. I'll think on it. You can shoot them to us. We'll add them. Yeah, into shoot the, them to the us. Hopper. Guest and uh, Patreon. Subscribers can yep. it can add to our interesting. So Tucker still hasn't given us a uh, a Patreon. It's getting topic. dangerously close to him coming on. <laughs> right, we're we're pretty close to Pride Week, so pretty close to Tucker and Randy coming on. So yeah, so that, that'll that be too. that'll be great. We're gonna we're gonna have a special thing for Pride Week. Yep. Um, you know, and again, Patreon, you you buy our beer, you make yep. this all happen. Uh, Slowly yep. pay for our equipment and our hosting, which I pa- greatly appreciate. Patreon.com <laughs> slash motorcult. Yep. There you go. Patreon.com slash motorcult. Subscribe, and uh, we'll be, we will be grateful. If you're local, come see us. We'll give you a sticker. One yep. of our motorcult stickers. Now that we're on video. Yes. It, it looks like uh, that. Oh, it's, it is that. Yeah, it's at that angle. Yeah. So, yeah. so you do want to hold it like that. It actually yes. doesn't matter to me how you hold it. You can also have an oval bore sticker for my uh, YouTube channel, since technically... Motor Cult is brought to you by Oval Boar's money. So. That, that is true. <laughs> if Japanese Nostalgia Car was actually giving me money for this, I would it's be plugging them too. But JNC.com, or JNC, Japanese Nostalgia Car.com, yeah, great website. This is anyway, just for fun. So. We're plugging everything we want. Do you want to plug anything? You want to plug Carmunity? You want to plug MNCC? No, no. We can, uh, we'll keep Carmunity on the DL till it launches. I, want the, I, I can't wait for it to launch. That's going to be really cool once yeah, it's done. Absolutely. So, you mean that thing that's plastered all over your car and your laptop? You want to yeah, keep it on every, the DL? Yeah, he wants to keep it on the okay, DL. Cool, that, sounds that, good. That's him keeping on the DL. He doesn't leave his house. <laughs> sounds about right. That's a disabled list, right? In sports? I, I, I think on that bombshell. Uh, Dan Balto is not yeah. only a Luddite, but also a hermit. So. Yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for joining us again, yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming Absolutely. by. And uh, thanks for helping us try out video for the first time. Yeah, and so. thanks for uh, letting us berate you for the last 20 seconds of our, yeah, of our podcast. Yeah, when you're ready for more, just uh, holler at us. <laughs> just holler at us. Every week. Every, every week. Just, just I did take me just down get a, a fourth microphone, so <laughs> we could have just a peanut gallery. There we go. Perfect. Anyway. All right, well, thank you very much yep, for listening, thanks, and I'll see you in, uh, in a few days. Yep, see you on right, Wednesday. Bye-bye.